Okay. What's up, guys? John Sentez, Alex Rojas. Let's win a ball game podcast. Happy March 22nd, the day after my 37th birthday. Happy uh, birthday. I'm officially old. But, you know, I view it as a level system. You know, I'm level 37 for all you COD players out there that are level 21, 18, if I may. I'm not really on my level. A lot of experience here. You know, a lot of things you got to mess with. So, um, our usual stuff. Let's see. We got, let's see. Look at that. We still got our JS1s available. If you want to order one of those, snag one of those, get yourself a hat. Um, we will be launching a remote training program. Um, I'm excited that we finally have enough people to be able to have some actual remote training solo guys. So I'm excited about that. We'll have a bunch of news about that coming out soon. Um, and uh, shout out Mr. Birdo on the road, on the grind, uh, out in the Black Sox run, hunting, hunting a job. Trying to get out there and, and get seen and get there. He's one of the best lefty hitters I've ever faced, so I'm excited. So good luck to him. I want to give him a little shout-out. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll throw it up to my boy Alex. Go ahead. Uh, uh, nothing new. Developing our online stuff. And, uh, again, you can get your lefty swag bat discount code. And then when this program comes out, guys, just buy all three bats. Buy the white, buy the black, buy the blue. Use my program. You can buy four sets of, yeah, four, four sets of lefty swag bats for the price of one driveline axe bat set. So if you're like a coach and you're trying to get your team going, even though it's a tiny diameter, you don't really care about that. You care about the weight. The weight's what matters, right? Because you're talking about swinging hard, which we were talking about crazy about getting to a certain level and then just being able to go on autopilot when you play baseball because or train baseball because you're so good physically that you're able to strictly train your brain because you understand how capable you are physically. So your brain becomes a much deadlier uh, warrior with, because like you can give the sharpest samurai sword to an idiot. He's still an idiot with a sharp samurai sword, right? So it's like you can hit a hundred as a pitcher or a hitter but if you have no clue how to use it, it doesn't really matter, right? But, like, we're – so I'm going to – I'll start it off and I'll hand it over to John, right? So Shohei Otani, he hit 102 last night, right? And we know he put them into the finals with a leadoff double that – I mean, he, he hit it 115. He smoked that baseball, right? And he got on top of it. I don't know how hard he hit it. I'm just throwing it out there. He hit over 105 for sure. The amount of time, like, I have three guys that I can think of off the top of my head that are under the age of 20 that hit the ball 100. Now, I don't know how old Shohei is, but you told me he threw 100 at 19? Yeah. Okay. So, we have two guys that are under the age of 17 that are training, and they've hit 100. Now, they don't do it all the time, but it's in there, right? So... When you understand what the engine's capable of, like a lot of the times we don't tell these guys to swing with bat speed. A lot of the times those two guys we're talking about were mainly telling them like, hey, bro, just be smooth. Like make 93 look like nothing happened, right? Just like make that happen, right? And that's the goal. The amount of time that you get to practice hitting at a high level when you already can hit the ball 100, your ability 
to just train simple things like stay inside the ball. I want you to try to hit this ball down the right field line. It's a curveball and you're hitting off the machine, right? It's challenging you, but you understand if I touch this ball in front toss, it, I hit it 90 to 100. That means if I hit it off the machine, I'm going to hit it pretty freaking hard, right? Same thing with a guy that throws hard, right? Like if you get a dude that walks in that already throws gas, you just have to kind of like, okay, this video game character is already pretty complete. I just need to show it how to play the game. Am I wrong there? No, no, you're right. Yeah, for sure. I think you made a good point when we were chatting about um, when it happened. You yeah. know, it was the athleticism peak would make sense. Like, you know, I saw 12-year-old throw 90, 16-year-old throw 95. I didn't see anybody throw 100 you know, at 16, but to your point, we got 16-year-olds with 100 eggs below, you know, Juan Soto's little brother is coming in in higher metrics and higher ratings than Juan Soto, so I don't, you know, and Acuna said it is itself when, you know, that, that video that was floating around online that they're not even working out, which means they're just, and they are, they're working out, but they're doing it their way, right? They're throwing med balls, swinging heavy bats, you know. Yeah, they're not doing the Americanized in a gym with a trainer, right. That got you on a progression chart. You got sixty percent of your load yeah. today. Tomorrow we're going to do sixty-three percent. Right. I mean, right. it makes it makes sense. I mean, if you watch Acuna, you know, I love this argument when people put out like they're like, "Oh, major leaguers only swing the the bat seventy-three percent on or seventy-three to seventy-seven miles an hour on average, the bat speed, right? Something like that." And I'm like, "Yeah, but what about the top end guys? Why are we why are we pulling the average number? Like, what does that mean? Why don't, yeah. we, why don't we look at the best you know Jordan Alvarez swinging the bat 95 miles an hour like, oh my god that thing's moving right plus it's like what's the bat speed on the home runs and the doubles right and like, let's talk about that like don't give me the average because that just takes account for the foul balls right the swings and misses right you're just telling me average swings I can get fooled and take a shitty ass swing hey right? I was I, I was swinging the uh I was swinging again I'm getting back in shape a little bit I had a 104 with a Beezer bat I'm getting strong I'm yeah. telling you, that. I'm getting. That's my goal right now. I still got the swing. It's an easy 96 with like uh, the lefty swag bats. Pretty easy. I'm like 92 to 93 with the. But I'm light, dude. I'm like 191 right now. When I was playing, I was like 215. Mm. It's like I, I like. There was a lot of mass. It's like yeah. It's just like when you were bigger and stronger, right? Like it's like you have so much more mass. Like ninety two comes out of your hand, you're just like, oh yeah, hold on, let me let me like get a little bit more in there, right? You, you're not trying. So like, again, the more weight you have, I think that matters later. You know what I mean? Like weight, like and hear me out. If we're on a race to a hundred, right? I don't think that you should focus on gaining weight unless that's a part of it. Like if you're already on your way to a hundred and you're like, you're like coach, I need to gain weight. It's like, well, not right now, maybe. Like, maybe you just need to more or less focus on uh, staying athletic, get strong. You don't need to necessarily gain weight. But then when you're in your 21, 22, if you're still skinny, like, yeah, bro, like, like let's let's talk about getting on rice, right? Vertical diet. I don't know who's out there that actually knows the vertical diet really well. I've heard about it in terms of weight gaining for baseball players specifically through driveline. Um I think it's really important. Give me one second. Journey of, like, we obviously know athleticism. What about that? Like, what do you, what do you think about guys? Obviously, we want to get stronger, right? But yeah, do you think that 
trying to get heavier is a good thing for younger guys trying to achieve these numbers? You know, unless it's obviously. I, I think there's a correlation, but to your point, you know, it's it's just it's just just in a little bit more intentional intake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's not. But I see it all the time here. These, you know, the kids that are crushing the right foods. You know, pretty much. I, I think it's pretty simple. I mean, I gained a ton of strength and weight just, like, literally eating steak, trying to eat steak, like, I don't know, three three times a week, maybe? Three, four times a week? Like, yeah. that's it? Yeah. That's all. I was, I was just throwing it in the in the uh, the cast iron, just cooking it yeah. there. Takes, it takes you like, have a meal plan at school, shame on you if you're not gaining weight, bro. Yeah, it's true. Oh, my God. There's a cafeteria involved? You can just go get to eat? Yeah. Yeah, you should be eating there like, I mean, they have literally, it's, it's, like, I went to a D2 school, wasn't even that nice, and a JUCO that both had cafes, you know, the cereal bar, the pizza bar. Yeah, it's not the cleanest food, but, like, hey, beggars can't be choosers when you're trying to throw 99. You yeah, know what calories. I mean? Like, just uh-huh. get the calories, right? Um, like, I mean, fuck, look at Eric Sim. Dude, that dude, like, he's a tank, and he hits tanks. Like, that's, that's a big part of it is, like, once you get to a certain level, like, maybe weight is a part of it. There's plenty of guys that have smooth swings where it's like, yeah, bro, you're, like, 22. You're, like, <laughs> 170 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Like, you exactly. better. Like, there were two freshmen hitting yesterday. God bless one of these kids. I think he said he was 125 pounds. Hella good athlete, though. Like, plays freshman basketball. Right? Good athlete. Just tall, lanky, right? And then there's another freshman. Same school districts just the other high school a buck 80 and i'm like that's crazy mm-hmm. and your guys are in the same hitting class like that's a part of guys there's no weight class in baseball so that's yeah. again a part of it it's like if and this kid i feel like he is athletic enough if he weighed 180 with the way he moves he might be a 100 mile an hour guy right. so he might be a guy that i tell like hey bro like wendy's in and out <laughs> yeah but yeah like, Maybe get a girlfriend that works in a fast food joint. You know what I mean? Like Time to hit some four-by-fours, my friend. Time to hit some four-by-fours. Yeah. yeah, I think that's a part of it. And then, again, like the strategy. Think about, like, what was the last time? Because I know we've talked about you're trying to get your velo back, right? So when you really had your velo, right, and you were working in your strategic sense, command bullpens, working against hitters, not really in a game, right? Because you naturally through harder did your stuff work a little bit more or do you think because you know better now it can work just as good because you can make up for the strength you know what i mean um i think the games still apply because it's a ratio game mm-hmm. so it's it's a speed differential is, yeah. is the game and um so when i can that's what's impressive about Otani and all the guys from Japan. All those guys had fast breaking. Every guy had a fast breaking ball and a slow breaking ball. Every one of them. And the you know the guy that struck out Trout on that little eighty nine mile hour cutter, you know he was playing the safest strategy and against him as he could. And he was just throwing big slow sliders, trying to hit on the corner black black, trying to throw cutters black black down. And trying to paint 94, 95 mile on four seamers down. And that's a real, those are really hard pitches to hit if you tunnel to that spot. DeGrom does it all the time. You know, the Rays tunnel to the middle, but you can tunnel anything. And you can, you can, you know, use misses and change directions and, and, you know, 
Um, you and I have talked about the concept of like interrupting the flow and, you know, just having gi giant speed differentials, I think, are, are some of the most dangerous combinations. You know, Roy Oswald, Verlander, you know, when I see Verlander play playing a, a fast, medium, slow game, kind of like how Maddox would, yeah. Maddox would play change up cutter and then blow the sinker through it when he needed to. And he was, it was less stressful on his arm because he's throwing changeups at 82, 83 with a lot of run. That if the guy cheats on it, he's going to top it, followed by a, you know, a little bit higher effort cutter at 84, but going the other direction and then just blow an 89 mile an hour sinker through the middle tunnel of it on his hands. You know, and that's just an example of three-dimensional tunneling with speed differentials. And, like, depending on how big the misses are, yeah. right, like, those shapes can get really big or they're really tight, right? And I'm not going to say one's harder to hit than the other, but, like, the tighter the shapes are, you got a less chance of making a wrong mistake, but you don't know which one it is on the tighter tunnels. But on the big tunnels, like, if you're breaking balls a little bigger, yeah. maybe, like, now you see it, but now it's all timing, right? Because right. the shape's different, so it's not the same timing. And to those out there, I hope that makes sense. While you were talking, I went full Rain Man in my head. <laughs> I was, like, imagining a strike zone, and I was seeing – because, like – and I think I've explained this to you before, the idea of, like, if you take the rectangular, the show strike zone, and you take two diagonal lines, right, one striking across this way and one striking across that way from the top to the bottom – opposite corner that's like a release point going down and across right those really good guys like as you were talking about they'll turn that large line and they'll just operate on small little chunks mm -hmm. and then like you talked about then they'll beat you on another part of that line and you're like how the hell did that happen it's like well he he honeyed it yes. into a sense of security in this area yeah and he threw a BP fastball at 92 right down the middle and you thought it was 98 at your chest right? because you were like this, yeah. right? Like um, sometimes it'll happen to me when I'm hitting with the little kids yeah. off the machine. Like it's like at 45 or 50 miles an hour because you're like leaning in and staying back and then it'll come in on you and you get jammed. You're like, oh, I'm ready for it. You just yeah, get, exactly. It's like a part okay. of it. Yeah. You just get um, – you're probably really crafty at this with like your cutter ability. Cause like you have so many different cutters, but it's like the idea of like, once you get comfortable looking at a certain shape, ladies and gentlemen, a good picture just radically changes the shape or they throw a shape that has so much, um, you could say vertical depth or like horizontal movement on it that you just didn't see it coming. It's like, whoa, that was a much bigger one than the last one, right? But if you can, as a hitter, and again, this is as a hitter, there's two ways to go about it. You can react to the shape because you're really good at reacting, or you can kind of predict the shape. Maybe you see the release point, you understand sequences. But like these Japanese dudes, like they were, they were drawing the same shape, but then varying the speeds. Yes. But the shape didn't change by much which is it's like drawing the same painting with like three different types of paintbrushes and they're all different sizes it's like how'd you do that they don't they don't look any different at all yep it's miraculous right it was very they were very impressive in their sequencing you know they had a really good game plan they were very prepared against the americans well it's all because 
the Shohei came out and just fired him up with that rally speech. Yeah, right. right? Oh God. Yeah. Like, That's aggressive. Like, in a, in a synopsis, stop looking at them as your heroes. Take them out. Cop. Yeah, I'm, if, I'm, if, if I'm an American on that team and he says that and then we're playing him in that season, yeah. I got a bone to pick. Right. I got a bone to pick. Right. I got a bone to pick. Like, also, I want some – can we get some NBA drama in the MLB, please? I want somebody to say last. some shit and us to be like, oh, let's watch <laughs> McGregor. Let's watch McGregor. There, the MLB is just propping him up just like yeah. Trout. You know what I'm saying? They're just going, yeah, yeah. ooh, look at this shiny object. And I'm waiting for the freaking – our boy from Stockton. I'm waiting for uh, – um, Dallas? Nick ben- – no, Nick, the Nick Diaz of the MLB oh, is to come out. Oh, like, yeah. Well, he's out there. He's with just all really due quiet. respect. Yeah. yeah. Well, For sure. that was Josh Donaldson because Josh Donaldson was straight up like, no, just like yeah. everybody's wrong. We need it. Like, that's again what Trevor Bauer was, right? It was a guy that was just like, you're wrong. Yeah. And everyone was like, say that again. And then he showed you. And then you were like, oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're probably right. Now, what would be really awesome again like what we talked about is for that shortstop from japan that hit fourth or fifth behind shohei or whatever right that guy comes over and just o'neill cruised it right he just comes in and just like starts blowing people out of the water because they think we need to um i think we should have taken that world baseball classic more seriously again I, I don't no, think we, we sent our best. Time. I mean, we didn't throw it. I mean, throw Scherzer. Yo, Scherz, go do your thing, kid. Yeah. Hey, Clayton. Yeah, these guys. Hey, hey. Like, hey, Clayton. Got his I, on there, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, yeah. like, you don't hey, even Sonny, know. Hey, Sonny Gray. Sonny Gray, you want to. Hey, Tristan McKenzie, you want to come down and just. You know what I mean? Like, they were there, well, but, like, nobody. Was, I don't, I don't think it, nobody that? took it seriously. I just think that. What was, it's what's probably the so Diego? political. What? What's the big Italian cat from San Diego? Musgrove? Yeah, big Musgrove. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, right? Like, I didn't see anybody that looked like that. Like, dudes that have been in a big game and just like, right. hey, bro, like, let's go. Like, I'm, I'm ready to run. You can run my hey, ears all you want. Hey, I'm here. Hey, DeGreasy. Hey, DeGreasy. You want to you wanna just end it? Yeah. Like, he – we – DeGrom goes out, strikes. Hey, if DeGrom is DeGrom and he comes out in the World Baseball Classic game, we might have perfect game alert. Uh, yeah, I was. I thought that. I was like, dude, like he could. But also, no that, that really makes me want to see what the Venezuelans would do because yeah. they don't give a shit. They did not yeah. give a shit if you threw a hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, I would. I, those Venezuelans and Dominicans, I would have just. All right, let's see how this is gonna go. See, that's such like an interesting part of this, like. That's where the idea of style makes fights comes in. Right. Like Japan would not play a fireballer really well. But if you play a guy that likes to spin it, like like a great Maddox type, I'm not saying that they would rake him, but for some reason I feel like they would make it interesting. You'd be and, like, and why it, are these guys like doing this? Because right? that's their style. So you're playing right. into right. their style. That right. Is, right? right. Right. They, they they were playing 3D pitching, but now they all throw 96 now. So that's fucking wild. Right. Six, seven years ago, they were not throwing 96. They were throwing 91, 93. And now right. there's throwing 96. And we're right. saying it's the same dudes, and now they're in their 30s. I'm like, yeah, what's – here we go. 
Um, yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. And just like, like I said on the phone earlier, um, it was obvious to me that they all looked very Venezuelan in their movements and Dominican. Super. A lot of one foot. A lot of one foot finishes. Right. A lot of cameos. Yeah. A lot of glove side pull throughs. The glove side. The glove side pull throughs. Uh, what was that that right-hander for the, the Red Sox for a long time? He had the split piece. He was their closer for a hot second. They had the lefty, Tazawa, and then the righty. Uh, he had a nice split finger, but he had this big glove side motion. Yeah, sure. But he wasn't as athletic as these guys. Yeah. These guys were like, like, give me the Kaiser machine. I'm going to break it. Like, yeah. I'm going to destroy for this. Sure. It's like beautiful rotational power. Right. Um, so before we, because I want to continue about, again, the Japanese, right? What you've said in previous podcasts many times and phone calls, the idea of the Asian baseball culture long bullpen, not because you can have the endurance physically, but like how good are you for how long? Right. Like, can you throw a 200-pitch bullpen and when do the wheels really fall off? Like, really, when do they fall off? Because right. What's the limit? Yeah. What's the limit, right? What's the limit, right? I had that conversation with a hitter the other day, and uh, he's 13, and I was like, Braden, we're going to swing probably 200 times today. And he just kind of like blinked a couple times. He's like, okay. And I was like, I don't care, like, about how many hits you really get. I want to know, like, when you start to kind of crack. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, when you can't string good swings together, like that's when we have to step away and then be able to dial it back in. Cause like, that's a part of it. It's like, what if that comes 10 minutes in? Like, we're not going to give up on the session, right? Like you have to keep swinging through it. And I think we got to like maybe a buck 60 and he had a good session, right? But the point of the matter was, I don't care how really good you are right now in terms of like your velocity. It's just like, can you take 160 good swings? Right. You need that's volume. hard. You need volume. Yeah, that's hard. Right. Right? Yeah, it's the samurai way, right? It's uh, the how long can you paint, right? Yes. How long yes. can you stay focused on the thing to get through it? Yeah, you know, that's why that's why live at bats to me and, like, just going for an hour is so fun. Because it's an empty the tank, but it's one after another, after another, after another. It's efficient. It's just like throwing a bullpen, but it's just locked in, locked in, locked in, locked in, right? And I just don't think that guys spend enough time in that flow state of mental competition because it is such a mental battle to stay focused. The flow state of mental competition, right? That's really what it is. That's what your bullpens, I mean, not everyone, but if you're like, hey, this is a bullpen day and you're in the offseason, as long as you've got the arm strength to do it you should be trying to throw these long bullpens maybe right. you don't have a catcher if you do like buy that dude a beer for sure if you're underage <laughs> like buy them in and out because like 150 balls to be caught like that's a lot so i don't even know how long john fields hey john fields we should do that that's a good idea. i'm gonna i'm gonna recommend that to him and see if see what he thinks about and, like, how many no total rush. balls did he like, catch for he's gonna love that timer i want to know like what was the time between pitch on average? Like the whole, I got so many questions. Yeah, because that again is the skill. yeah, because he catches here like all day. All he'll catch like he'll catch like like ten bullpens. Like Dude, that's easy. That's in, easy. One hundred and sixty in like three uh, hours. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so the other thing was, uh, I talked about it with a couple guys last night, and we talked about it on the phone. And there's this book about training dogs called Don't Shoot Your Dog. Now, I'm not going to talk about why the book's called that, but essentially it's called that. So you, you don't get frustrated at your dog, and you learn how to train your dog better. So your body as a human has three brains. You have a brain that controls your heartbeat and all the functions that you don't need to really think about. Then you have mammalian. The first one was called reptile. Mammalian is kind of like breathing. You can hold your breath. You can breathe automatically or you can hold it. You also have other desires like you can choose to pee. You can hold your pee. Other, other like body systems, right? But then you also have this primate brain, which likes to figure stuff out that's a little bit more complicated than a dog. Like a dog can find where treats are, right? But the primate tries to figure out how to make the treats, right? Like the primate goes a step further. So when you guys are training, whether it's a bullpen or a pitching aspect or a hitting aspect or even a fielding aspect, the reptile is you in a game in the moment. You don't want to think about anything. You just react and there's no thinking, and you want all of your training to be displayed, flowing, easy. But the dog is, and I talked about this with John, if you listen to like a live session with John, you can hear him coach a guy through, not a bullpen, but the drill, and I see it as a coach translate really easy when they put him on the mountain, right? And that's what we mean by training the dog. Now, the monkey, as the player, is the guy that repeats what John just said, right? John just says, hey, dude, you're blowing open way too early, right? Stay back. Keep your glove side firm. Just, uh, just cues, right? You repeat the cue. That's the monkey. And then the dog tries to perform it. And if it turns out great, you look up at the gun, you're like, oh, shit, it works. And you're like, hell yeah, dude. Yeah. That's your reward. You guys have to find a way and I know that's, that's a complicated thing. We're going to talk about it to train that way, to like understand where you're doing positive things and negative things. And then it goes back to the Asian style of mental competition flow state. Like how long can you train your dog? Like once you get good at training, it's like, okay, like you trained your dog for five minutes. That's awesome. But if you're trying to be a big leaguer, you're basically trying to be like an FBI drug sniffing dog. Like, you're the elite of the elite, right? That's probably like an hour-long session that that yeah. dog goes through, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's like you got to train like a dog and really be mentally involved and then allow yourself to just let it go over and over and over and over and over again. And that's why I like listening. Like, it's hard to watch John because of where the camera is in the tunnel sometimes. Other times it's really easy, right? So I just try to listen. Right, so if you listen to him talk his guys through athletic movements, he uses language that allows them to get onto an inclined or a declined surface like a mound and do the same fucking thing. And that's what we want, right? So I applaud you for that. So what are some ways that, without maybe giving away your secrets, right? You're talking to the world right now. Like, how are you helping guys translate so easily, so fast? Well, the <clears throat> I just think understanding the balance from foot to foot is just misinterpreted. You know, interpreted, misinterpreted. Yeah. You know, 
Um, and so, like, teaching people to shuffle sideways and going from back foot to back foot to back foot in this kind of rhythm is, is really what you're trying to do in the mountain. You're trying to create this, um, what I call the wrecking ball effect of energy, where you're trying to get energy to go up and then ride down the slope. Um, and so that's something that you have to feel. So, we, you know, I kind of have a little bit of a momentum-based system where you start from, you know, uh, taking the idea of warming up down the line, condensing it into 60 feet, and just understanding that you just need to understand momentum and you don't need to necessarily understand that you need to long toss in order to, you know, throw. I mean, Otani's not long tossing and, and he's throwing 100. You know, he... This giant, this guy is so strong, right? Like he is, I just see these giant joints on him is what, really what I saw, you know? Yeah. And you can't really see it in the Angels uniform, but with the pinstripes, like this dude thick, this dude is thick, right? So not only is he a unit, um, but he throws 102. And I just watched him walk down to the bullpen, start playing catch, and then just come out and throw 100. And so, you know, John Smoltz made a comment about his warm-ups and i think it's just like so doesn't matter you know and like he tried to you know he maybe he even you know we could i could even say if you're making a comment like that that means that you really care too much about the non-game mr smoltz so you know we're supposed we're not really we're supposed to to confirm in the bullpen and then repeat in the game and it's just constant confirmation and repeat confirmation and repeat um and so I think that something that I could say that is very simple for guys to do is, and that's something that I think we get away from is, is streaks. And if you can put streaks together of good rep, um, we, we do a drill here that I really like that has guys really stay focused for a long period of time, which we call how many guys in a row can you strike out uh, without walking someone or hitting the batter. And so the facility record is Mr. Taylor Ahern at 17. Um, and he's, you know, this is back when he was playing. And so it's really fun to watch kids go attack that. And then you start seeing good focus. You know, you get kids and I'm like, you need to remember your number. So I'm thinking about working on a leaderboard right now that's age range so kids can all compete against each other and, you know, do their names and stuff like that. So I think that that's important to create, you know, inner facility competition. So. Absolutely. We got a leaderboard. I got updated every couple of months. We just got so many guys. Um, yeah. I'm actually updating it now. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to ask was when you're trying to, when you're trying to like get a guy to then take their momentum and then relay that into strategy, do you ever get guys that lose the ability to create momentum because they try to do too much, maybe strategically? Like yeah. They try to it up and then they yeah, change. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The minute. Yeah. It, and it just, it just normally that there's, I mean, not normally, but there's a ton of factors that go into that. There's anxiety, there's, you know, uh, focus, there's, you know, changed thought process. A lot of times that's what I see. I see where, like when there's no batter in and you're just trying to hit the spot, like, okay, I'm just going to hit the spot and then they can do it. And then the batter gets in there and all of a sudden it seems like the tunnel becomes smaller and it's more difficult for them to, you know, work towards something they're trying to do. So, you know, it, it what, what I, that's really what I see where I see the, the, the change in a total process, right. you know? 
So it, it, that's what we're trying to do here. I'm just trying to give, and, and really there's, you see it with the Japanese last night where Otani got the double play ball. You know, that's something that is very underrated in practice. You know, when you're doing live at bats and live situations, it's like you got to teach guys how to get a ground ball double play first, but you can't simulate that. You know, you have to just do it over and over and over and over again. You know, the, the, non-panic of guy on first yeah we talked about that podcasts yeah you know so i'm i'm excited you know especially with our summer program we're going to be doing that a lot of these live situations i'm going to challenge these guys to work on these skills and do these things and we're going to create a bunch of competitions inside of it just like that where you know even on the hitting side like how many good ab's what's the streak for most number of consecutive barrels in a live situation you know I think that challenge would take guys through some different kind of processes of of development if they could actually understand like practicing at a high level and competing and performing at a high level successfully is the most difficult thing to do, mm-hmm. you know, and just putting it together. And that's where we watch Trout just get overmatched, my guy. This is why, like Trout, go to the DR. Seriously, you want to like? I understand you got a family. Right, but you got $400 million. That means you got a PJ, right? Just fly in for the damn game, right? Play a three-game series. Don't, by all means, don't play every day. Play every other day, fly in and out, have the family stand. Like, let's just be smart about it. Family's in Miami, right? Let's just get a set up there, get a nice little compound. Fly in for the game. Like, just get there at 3.30. Right? What's that, like, honest. 90 minutes flying, no, I it's not even. I bet you it's like on a PJ. I bet you it's like 30 minutes. <laughs> like, boom, boom. Yeah, it took you longer to get from your house to the airport. Yeah. Right? Let's yeah, just yeah. go Floyd Mayweather, right? And let's just go down and compete. Go do your thing. Play your game. Game's over. Peace, love, dove. Yeah. You can hit me on the press conference in the car on the way back to the PJ. Yeah. Right? Let's just do that. Just make it totally efficient. I got my AirPods. Like Like Gary V, the shit out of it. Gary V talks about like people don't even try to operate. And if you ever watch him, he's like, he's like in three states a day because he understands like how to plan meetings. He's like, well, I went to Georgia, flew there last night through the red eye. We PJ'd it last night from New York to Atlanta. And so when we did that, it was like an hour, right? So I left. The flight was a hard leave at 1030. Um, And then we landed and then we hopped in a heli. And then helied to the the rooftop penthouse of the Hyatt. I'm in bed, bed by twelve, two, two total hour. Because I'm not only I stayed below the helipad and all my shit was sent earlier. So when I got through, I didn't have to do anything but just show up. I'm like there there there's a high level operator, right? That's just me. Get on that level, bro. You got right. that level. You're like $400 million. You got hell of Yeah, dude. Or, or go, go full Barry Bond strategy and just go hire a bunch of minor leaguers and stand 50 feet away and figure it out. Dude, that's <laughs> like, if there's any way to describe like sparring in like a fight camp, it's like you call guys, it's like, hey, who are you fighting? I'm fighting this six foot four dude. He's got long ass arms. It's like I know like seven of those guys. Bring them in. <laughs> Bring them all, yep. and then you figure it out. Like you just find a way. So short story to go with that. When my dad was a an MMA manager, he knew a fighter in San Francisco that flew out 
to train with Frank Mir to be Brock Lesnar because mm. he was an enormous human that wrestled. Like, he was 6'6", like 300 pounds, wrestled at Cal State Bakersfield. He was an All-American. Like, he wasn't Brock Lesnar, all right? But he was an MMA fighter that was also, a, like, a, a Viking, right? And then he, he got there, and my dad said there was, like, three of them that looked just like that and just every day. It was like, I'll take you today for five minutes. I'm going to do you for 20. And that's just kind of how he figured it out, yeah. right? He still lost, but, like, well, he won the first fight, but he lost the second fight. But anyways, the idea is if, like, let's say, who's the best hitter in the ALS now that Jose Altuve is gone for the first four months? Well, Trout or Otani. Okay, so Trout or Otani. Then you would call, hmm, Let's see, Jacob DeGrom, uh, Verlander's gone. I would get who, – who are the best pitchers on the Astros? Not Lance McCullers, maybe McCullers. No, no, he's not. Miguel, no. Miguel Montero, no, uh, Valdez, Valdez probably. Valdez, right. Yeah. Um, oh, and then from, 2800, from uh, Seattle. 2,800 sinkers at 96 miles an hour and 3,400 yeah. bangers yeah. You got to find – those three guys. They don't even have to be that good. Just one guy that's like, yeah, he's kind of like that. Like, kind of looks like Castillo. That guy kind of looks like DeGrom. And that guy kind of looks like Valdez, right? Then you just, that's your spring training. Like, <laughs> fuck all that other shit. Like, that's your spring training. <laughs> uh, it's like, I did that for two months. Like, and those guys would get great. You know how good those guys would be? It's like, yeah, I spent two months trying to strike out Mike Trout every day. It's like, what'd you learn? It didn't go well. (laughs) It didn't go well, but, like, you're not my trout. I'll tell you that. (laughs) That's you, bub. And that's, like, again, we've talked about it probably every podcast or every other podcast. The idea of training has to change. Sure, the mechanics and stuff is all good until you're, like, nine. And then, like, you got to throw hard. You got to hit hard because, bro, there's a 12-year-old that we have. He might be 13. He is, I think, 6'3 or 6'4. His name's Mikey Lopez. And, no, he's probably 6'5. But just all, like, John Jones, Oof. just all joints, right? 12-year-old at 6'5? That's a big man. Hits the ball 92, right, with a drop three. And when he was 12, he's hitting the ball 85. And I was just, like, looking at him compared to some of the other 12-year-olds in his class. And I'm like, what's wild is you guys are on the same little field, the same field. So it's hard to compete sometimes. All you focus on is mechanics, and that guy doesn't have to because he goes kaboom when he touches. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, how do I do that? You got to get on bat speed. You got to learn how to throw hard. Got to learn how to be an athlete, move fast. Don't be standing still. Like, be an athlete, and then figure out like what John was saying. Okay, now get a double play. I know you can throw hard, but can you get a double play and then do it again? Right. And then again. And then again. Because that's what you got to do. There's a kid for LSU right now, Skeens, that's pretty good at it. I've, I've been watching his games on wheels. And uh, not, only, not only does he strike out 13-14 at 100 with a pretty good cutter, slider, high spin, um, I've seen him just, you know, he's he staying seven hole, down and away, four seamers, and then just run a – you know, at 99, and then run like a 96 all the way across the plate oh. to his hands to get a double play with a guy on first base after he walked him. You know, 
just like, yeah, that's uh, that's how that works. That'll be – and then, oh, thanks, 463, appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were trying to go with it. Gotcha, tricked you. Yeah, like, that, oh, gosh. That'd be, like, this is where I wish – have you seen that meta commercial where, like, the doctor puts on the glasses and you can see the dude's knee? No. We, oh, oh, you haven't yeah, seen that? No, 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 no. You yes, see yes, that, right? Yes, I have. Like yeah. the firefighters got like the Power Ranger helmet. Yes. Like he can see everything, right? For this conversation right now, if you could just turn around and you could like have this floating image, like I know exactly what yeah. you mean. But like again, it would be hard without three dimensional like movement to be able to control it or not. Like if you did that on a whiteboard, it still wouldn't look the same because of. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I've seen these shapes, and I'm not saying you're doing a bad job of explaining it at all. That's not what I'm saying. It's, you gotta, you gotta understand what we're talking about. Like, he's such a, uh, he's such a, a good, like, uh, he sees the show. Like, <laughs> that, that, that's the best way to describe it. Like, when you go pitcher's view in the show, behind the pitcher, and you see the tunnels of the pitches, that's what he's talking about. And then he's talking about making you see things and then doing something else. I mean, in layman's terms, like super layman's terms. Right. That's, that's what he's doing. So um, to all the people that didn't understand what, <laughs> what that was. Did you just translate me? Yeah, I mean, I felt like I had to because like, I understood everything, but I was like, oh, man, that was really smart. Like, I feel like I need to Google Translate John Sintes right now. Um, cause like, it, it, I'm trying to put a final thought together. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. I think what you look like once you've achieved a certain, um, a certain age, cause you watch these all American prospects, these use pros- prospect videos. And I see all these guys like James Stroman, Right, and they're like 16. He's just one of them. There's hundreds. They don't look like the um, like the 1980s to 2005 version of pitchers. Mm-hmm. These dudes look like they're like gonna triple jump off the mound. Yeah, they're really, really, really athletic. And then they do what you're talking about, and it has nothing to do with being at a standstill. It has to do with being a really good athlete, and then understanding like the dimensions of the game and then if you could take the wheel here to close this out how would you tell somebody how to start seeing the three dimensions because we talk about it so much and i think you can do a better job of, of explaining how to see it uh well i think that the easiest way would be watching major league baseball and understanding there's a concept that i have to look it up but um and it's going to bother me, but I have to look that up. There's a concept of understanding like what velocity is and how it translates to your eyes. And so your eyes can only see five mile an hour differences on a particular pitch, especially from the side angle. So if you can imagine the ball going from the dugout, you know, as the ball's traveling, you can kind of see it start going, you know, staying online or fading down or sharply going down or changing direction. You can see it. You can't see it the best, but you can kind of see it, right? So from the the behind angle from your own eyes, you know, as the ball's approaching, it's kind of hard to see that dimension of, of speed right in there. So that's where when you're watching on TV, 
you need to understand this five mile an hour thing, right? And so each piece of five miles an hour makes it more difficult for the eyes to see it. And that's why they talk about change-ups need to be 10 miles an hour. So that would be two pieces of five, right? And Roy, first thing that comes to mind every time is Roy Oswalt, right? Roy Oswalt throwing 97, 95, 97 with a 70 mile an hour breaking ball, right? That is such a giant differential, but he's also playing a middle game of fast, medium, slow. So the speed range combined with left and right and up and down is three-dimensional pitching. And it's actually a video game concept some of the best guys on the show use all the time because it's just you're playing against human anticipation, right? Uh, and so when you use things like music where you can listen to the cadence of drums and then, you know, your boom, boom, sh, boom, 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 sh, right? Like these sequences of numbers are human nature. And so when you break the pattern, that's where you can see anticipations and misses inside of three-dimensional pitching. That was really awesome. That was good. Thanks, man. That was good. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how we should close. Three-dimensional pitching. Shout out the video game world. Oh, three dimensions. That's um, that's a huge concept. Cause... Hey, and we got to figure out some dates, you know, so I can come up there and we can run a, a, a live at bat clinic up at TPC. Oh, yeah. I think in the summer it would be a blast. We could get the families together, you know. See what we can How do. Your doctor? She's a little, little over. Uh, I can officially say she's 13 months. <laughs> wow. Feels like just yesterday. Yeah, for sure. It wow. sure does. And she's walking and talking and she's smart. We're Gorgeous. All this. Dimples. Yeah. Yeah. Gonna be, she's gonna be a looker. So, is hey, it she is. plays softball. Dude. Matt Rose, I know a guy, five-tool coach up here. Um, dude, it's actually a, a last little story. Watching him watch his daughter on the, like, the live stream is so awesome because, like, <laughs> like it's like, mid, like, he'll be, like, flipping, and then she'll get, like, a double play. And he'll, like, stand up, like, let's go! <laughs> Like start flipping, and I'm like, that's tight. Yeah. Like that's pretty tight. I know that's. So I'm excited to be a fan for my kid. Those, and then it goes back. I, I always see the dads, but here's a PSA, right? Dads, okay. I'm talking to you, moms too. But when you're going to the kids' game, right? They really just want a fan. Yeah. Right. And so, like, my dad was very good at being like, "Hey, that curveball. You made that kid take a poop in the box," mm. and I'd just be like, "Yeah." That was good, right? And that, like, that's how you, that's a good example of a parent, like, trying to find the positive in, in the situation. Still lost the game, right? Lost the game, whatever happened. Defense was terrible. Team didn't really care, blah, 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 whatever, you know? And my dad would be like, hey, curveball was real good. You know, fastball, got to get it down. But, like, that curveball, you you definitely made a guy take a poop in the box. Like, oh, like, oh, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I think I remember that, right? And he'd be like, white shoes? He's like, yeah, white shoes. White shoes. White shoes. Life flashed right before his eyes. And I'm like, yeah, sick. You know what I mean? Brown pants. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, just, just be a fan of your kid, whatever it is. You know, whatever they do right. Don't jump immediately into the negative. It doesn't matter. Who cares? You know? Who cares? Don't don't just be like, well, you walk four guys. And shut up. What, right? What like if he walks three and then K's the next three up? Right. 
Let's I go. Was, right. I, and every time I tell a parent, every time, did anybody score? They're like, no. I'm like, great job. That's the hard one. That's the hard one, but guys. The four innings, nobody scored. Yeah, but he, he's terrible on first pitch strikes. And, and I was like, right. but he got a double play. So it doesn't matter. You know, like there's just such a good counter to the whole thing. And they were like, well, how'd it go? Well, they hit four balls, 380 to the gap and scored six in one inning. So not very good. Not good. <laughs> not a good yeah. day. What, what do you think it was? Probably a lot of hittable pitches. Probably very straight. Throwing it really right in the middle. Not a lot of shape to it. You know, just a lot of like <laughs> right at you. So, all right, buddy. Well, let's get to it. Um, appreciate you. Um, go follow my guy if you're up in NorCal. Hit him up. He's a TPC. Go, go get one. Go get a program that puts you up like 20 miles an hour, like my guy. Like he's just. I got you know my guys over here just dropping knowledge pieces. I can't wait to see the documentary coming out on it. So. Well, I, hey, I've been playing a close hand because I wanted to make sure it works. Yeah. And now I'm pretty confident that it works. So uh, if you're in NorCal, dude, come check it out. Yeah, sounds good. I can't <laughs> wait to get you and Burrow hitting together. I think that would be And we got phenomenal. new baseball. <laughs> we got new baseball. What's the exit velo difference? There? We don't know yet because they're coming in. We haven't even got them. Oof. But like they're like they're slowly trickling into every class because yeah. it's a slow it's a slow thing yeah. right you can't just bum rush right them. right right next thing you know like people start stealing pearls you're like how where did the twenty baseballs yeah. go <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, right that, that's, see I buy them ten to twelve dozen at a time and I just rotate them from the pitching basket yeah right? that's, that's like, what that's he's a, doing that's yeah. what Jason's doing pretty much right Come on, Jay let's yeah. talk big dog let me help you so you know I mean? uh, but I do want to say. The difference between like a high school baseball, the, those are like, you know, four years old. It's been hit maybe like 9,000 times. And then like a pearl that's been hit like twice. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's why everybody talks, everybody talks about the idea of big league balls because they're just, yeah, right. They're just, they haven't been hit. So they go further. Dude. Now that we know they're juice, sick. Yeah. Definitely. Way easier. Anyways, thank you so much. This was so much fun. Three dimensions. Great yeah. ending. We're gonna. I'm gonna try to plug this into some of that AI that I sent you too. So hopefully we'll get some good stuff for us. You know. Heck yeah. Yeah. Hey, tell that AI, what's the solution to hitting Shohei Otani? Oh, I'm gonna ask it right now. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Chat GTP. Let's see if it works. What's the solution to hitting? How do you spell it? S H E O T I. I don't know. Yeah, what? your guess. Is as good as mine. Show A. Oh my God. I think it's S H O H E I O H T A N I. S H O? S H O H E I O H T A N I. Shohei Otani. Beautiful name. Oh my like, God. Oh. Wow. I don't think that's it. Fuck. Got it. Got it. Okay. Here we go. Just need the Google for the spell, spell check. Okay, here we go. No way it has an answer. There's no way. I'm laugh. Let's see what it says. Stay back. What's fun about <laughs> Shohei Otani? What's the solution hitting Shohei Otani when he is pitching? Question mark. Here we go. Oh, it's down. Let's see if I can reload it. To be continued. Hold on. Hold on. There's. There's a second. We might have a chance here. Here we go. 
loading, reading, populating. Shohei Otani is a talented two-way player who is both a strong pitcher and hitter, making him a challenging opponent to face. As an AI language model, I don't have the access to real-time data to access performance, so I cannot provide specific strategies to hit him. However, here are some general tips to help hitters. Study his pitching tendencies. Often Otani maybe this is wild. This is wild. So study, study, study his pitching tendencies. Stay patient at the plate. Look for his look for mistakes. Be aggressive. That's the fourth one. Overall, hitting hitting Otani is a difficult task, but studying his tendencies and staying patient, looking for mistakes, and being aggressive, hitters can increase their chances of success. Wow, ChatGDP really looking at a strong strategy. Let's see. Can you go into more detail? That was so well done. Like, yeah. I love this thing. This thing's awesome. I asked it, can you go into more detail? Let's see what, let's see what we got here. Let's see. This is really certainly here are some additional details and specific strategies that may help hitters when facing Shohei Otani. Number one. <laughs> Number one, study his pitching tendencies. Okay, we, we did this, right? That's hilarious. So yeah. Oh. Review the video footage of his past game. Track this track the sides of the plate that he throws the ball the most to. Yeah. Track the track the the certain counts to the certain pitchers sorry track the pitches and certain counts with the hitters that match your type that's what it's wow say that one more time match the or find the pitches in the counts that that are are by hitters that match tendencies of your own Uh, so uh, so righties that hit like Alex Rojas, you should go watch videos of them and see how your hitting strategy would work to your their swing. Wow. Be, I like that. Be, I, I actually... be, here we go. Be, be ready for his pitch repertoire. Look for his release point. Wow, this thing is getting this is impressive. Be patient, but not too patient. Make sure that he misses up. Oh my god. This is crazy. Boy, a chat GPT, I'm not gonna lie, 102 up. I better be on. <laughs> yeah, but you can see, like, I, it makes sense why the Japanese can hit it. You can see it. They just, they just, they go right over the wrists as soon as it. They're just like, boop, like literally this way. It does. There's no, there's like no barrel knob, nothing. It's just like, boop. I mean, that is the straightest way. So the sliding door. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's a good one. Slide the door. All right, um, this is wild. Chat GGP going to be doing real well against Otani. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, um, yeah, thanks. Well, this will be hilarious. We'll put this all together. I'll, I, I don't, don't even know what time. Maybe like a quarter of the way through. I got that little weird spot, but all good. Thanks, brother. Have a all good right, one. Brother. See ya. See ya.